Good morning, beloved in Christ. This is Dr. Ruth from Life Transformation. I just want to share a word that God has given me. Uh, in a dream, I was telling this person, do not be concerned. The Lord says that He will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. And that is in Philippians 4 verse 19. And this morning, I just meditated on this word. And this is what the Lord just showed me. You know, I looked up the, the meaning of supply. Supply means to make a need available to someone or to provide a need or to take over, to fill a place of a person who perhaps died, um, acting as a temporary, a temporary teacher to fill a place, which is called a supply teacher. We see that a farmer also supplies fruit and veg to the public. He makes it available for our use. This means that we still need to go and buy and take what is available to us. And this is what God says, that He supply our needs. This means He makes available. It still means that what we need to do is to reach out and to take what he offers and it says that his riches in glory it means his riches in Christ Jesus is what and who Christ is riches is not material wealth it's just not material wealth it's not what the prosperity gospel is being preached from the pulpit today where, where they say that if you give to the church, you know God will bless you with a new car. He will bless you with a new house. Oh, you know, if you want to be blessed with new vehicles or if you want to be blessed with a new job, oh, just come and give. This is what's been happening. That's manipulation where people also come and testify. Oh, they have new vehicles, but they don't speak about the, the big, um, the, the, all the money that they need to pay still the bank. So that they can get that vehicle. No, this is manipulation. When we give to the to, to the kingdom of God, we give our offerings and our tithes because of obedience to the word of God. Not what we're going to get back, but because we willingly give to the Father out of love. And so Paul was speaking to the Philippians and saying to them that he has been cared for. He speaks and he says that he's learned how to be content with little as Jesus Christ even strengthened him when he had little to do what he needed to do. And he thanks the Philippians in this verse when we read in, in Philippians 4 verse 19 um, and also verse 15 and 16. He speaks and he tells them, I had little but I also had much and God has made him content in everything. And he thanks the Philippians for the gifts that, he, that was given to him. Um, and, and how God is also uh, because of these gifts that his needs are being taken care of. But we also see in Mark 19 how Jesus, he looks at the rich man and he looks upon this man with pity and he tells this man, sell all that you have if you need to, if you want to enter into the kingdom of God. But this young man, we see is controlled by his wealth. His wealth is more important to him than entering into the kingdom of God. So Jesus is saying clearly, 
that true riches is not what controls you or what you have, but whom is controlling your life. Who is within your life? Who is your source of your life? And we see that Jesus Christ needs to be our source. He supplies to us. He makes available to us His abundant love, His peace, His joy, His strength, His wisdom. He gives to us the gifts of the Holy Spirit which we see in Galatians 5 verse 22, which is his love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness, his gentleness, and his self-control. These are the things that Jesus supplies us. He makes it available for us. When we have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, he makes all these things available so that we, can be taken care of so that our needs whatever our needs automatically it is taken care of so that we can live a life of abundance if Paul meant that money will be given to us to supply our needs then we should all be multi-millionaires isn't that so but he knew Paul knew what we need to enter into the kingdom of God was not mere wealth We need all that Jesus came to give us. That life, that life of abundance. That life of pure joy, peace and happiness in Him. His riches is all the character of who Jesus Christ is. Because He says clearly in Philippians 4 verse 19, He says that, And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from His glorious riches which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. So where are these riches? What are these riches? It lies in Christ Jesus. This is what we need to understand. It's not just mere wealth that God will supply or how He's going to take care of us. It is all in Christ Jesus. So when we walk in the love of Christ. The favor of God on our life will attract man to bless us. We will see doors of promotion open. We will see our business prosper. We will see great business ideas coming forth because of who lives within us. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 declares, it is God who gives us the ability to become wealth. It is in God, in Christ Jesus, that gives us the ability to become wealth. This means he gives us the wisdom, he gives us the knowledge, he gives us the strength. He gives all that we need to prosper in our business, all that we need in life to prosper. His desire is that we should prosper in all things, in all things, just as our soul prospers. When our soul prospers is when we have this intimate relationship with Christ, when the fullness of Christ lives within us. And automatically, the goodness of Christ comes without. The glory of His riches will manifest in our lives. What does the glory mean? Glory means the manifestation 
of God, of who God is, the I am, will manifest in our lives. The greatness, the blessings, the abundance, the favor of God that will come forth within our lives. Everything that Christ Jesus is, that it will come and appear and manifest in our natural lives. So when we read this verse again, I want us to reach out to all that Jesus Christ has made available to us. Reach out in faith. Reach out and say, Father, I want more of you. I want your riches. I want your glory to manifest in my life. I want your love. I want your peace. I want to walk in who you are, in all the things that you have came to make available for me so that I can walk in love, so that I can walk in peace, and that I know that you will take care of all my needs in Christ Jesus. May God bless you, and may you have a wonderful day today. Good day everyone, this is Shamaid Morrison again. I hope you're enjoying the information that I'm giving about domestic violence and abuse and that we can learn from it. Remember we spoke about domestic violence and abuse and the eight different kinds of abuse and how it works together and the we also touched on the the effects of abuse on women and children as well as men and the importance there is to, to, to support these systems, to support us even if there is not, if, if there is no challenges that we, we look at things, how to strengthen the relationships all the time so that people will be knowledgeable about the topic. Let's look at a very beautiful topic, which is the cycle of violence. Now, in the cycle of violence, there are five stages. Okay, the first stage is the honeymoon stage. Now, this is a beautiful stage to be in. This stage is where there is no, is an absence of violence, the absence of trauma where everything is fine. Although little things pitch up, we know how to talk to one another. And 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 this, hap- this is normally, mostly when we're in a relationship, we're falling in love with this person and, um, and we're starting off with the relationship. But we can also use this stage in all the stages in a marriage, where there is a marriage or a relationship of any kind. Now in the honeymoon stage is, as I said, it's absent of violence. And we speak to each other in a decent manner. Um, We are patient with one another. Uh, He gives me gifts, little gifts, things that I love. Like I am a person that loves Boltong, I love fruit. Um, it brings me my fresh fruit and my um, biltong and I also buy little things that he likes like chocolate and um, little gifts like that. 
and we appreciate one another and everything is just fine. This is the honeymoon stage. We call one another, we send messages before we go to sleep, uh, we send little hearts, loveys, I love you. He sends me this as well back. There is no problem. Then there is another stage, a second stage, which is the tension build up stage. Now this is a stage where little things creep in and I cannot put my finger to it. But things, there is like a change that took place. Now I forgot to say the honeymoon stage, I always used to say it's the summer. Summer is the flowers, the colors, the vibrant orange and yellow, and the sun is shining, and and it's just lovely to be outdoors. It's, it seems as if nothing, it, it doesn't come an end to this um, stage. But we know that after summer, there's another season, which is autumn. Now, with a build-up stage, the tension build-up, that it is like autumn, where I just realized I'm getting a little bit cold. I need to wear a jersey and um, the, 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 um, it becomes dark quicker. At, in the morning, it's very dark still when we get up. So this is how the relationship is as well. There's little winds that's nagging at us. There's little things that we can't put our finger to it. When I send him the messages, he's not responding. Uh, always or as quick as he used to. It will take a day or later in the day when you respond. Uh, if I ask why did your answer becomes angry. I also noticed little uh, is impatient with me. Um, he is not coming late for appointments. We're having an appointment. We're going to for 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 lunch. But in the past, he'll come on time or earlier. Now it's quite late, or he will put it off and say he can't do it anymore. He's got something else to do, and um, and um, I'm starting to have this little feelings that things is not okay. And that is where we can start to argue these differences. And I'm see, beginning to see a side of my partner, uh, which I haven't seen in the honeymoon stage when we met. Now from the bold, in, bold up stage, there's another stage, which is the explosive stage. What is the explosive stage? This is a stage where physical abuse may take place. As I mentioned, it can be starts with the pulling and the pushing, uh, where a person pulls, pushing at me, or or shouting at me, um, and even a, a full-blown fight can take place, where physical and verbal abuse can take place in this explosive stage. Okay, this stage is like winter, or, um, where uh, after. Um, the autumn um, and the berg wind situation where the wind started to come up suddenly, uh, it built up to something. And later we used to say in Cape Town that after this wind is going to rain, then we'll see the rain is falling. So we, we will see things happening. Now explosive stage, um, the explosive stage is like that, which is the third stage. stage. 
with things may happen, as I said, where uh, criticizing takes place, demanding sex takes place, forcing uh, your sex on you, criticizing your friends, and uh, even criticizing where you are dressed, and all that. Then the next stage is a fourth stage. The fourth stage is called the remorse stage. Now, sometimes a person will decide that I'm leaving this man. I cannot handle this anymore. I'm taking all my stuff and I'm going to my mother or to a friend's place um, and all that. Some people even need to go to a shelter to be safe. Okay. So the fourth stage is called remorse, where the abuser after the fight will think about what he did and realized what he did was not right. Also realizing that he's losing this person. He's losing the control because he's used to power and control. And he is he, thinking about what can he do to get her back. And what he'll do is to go after the person. Say for instance, a person went to a family you will go and to say, I'm sorry, I will not do it again. I realize I was rude. I realize I'm angry and I took it out on you. And remember that you always told me you wanted to do a computer course. I'm also thinking about that, um, that I will pay for you to go and have that computer course. And that will... Also, where she will change her mind because things is not liquor or well at um, the family. It's already full there and she'll take herself and the kids and there they go off back to the house where she's being abused for so many times and um, making up. He is buying her back, literally. He knows exactly what she wants how to buy her back and he knew how she wanted this computer course or he'll say that uh, I will go for counseling because that is what she also wants and then she'll come back okay and then if you look at the fifth stage which is called the pursuit stage now this stage is um, where he uh, after he's taken her back he is now really pursuing her. He is now sweeping her off. It, 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 for her, it is as if they, the first time they met, she gets this in her mind, she's this dream, this memory, this beautiful memory that she's holding on, that when we met, he used to be so kind to me. He's becoming this person again. He's kind to her. He... Um, He's eating to her. He takes her out for lunch or for supper. Um, he's buying a little things. And, and, and that is, for her, she thinks it's, it's over now. He will never go back. He will never abuse me again. He promised not to abuse me. And she will go back and, 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 and be in this relationship, not thinking that it is a cycle that they are in. And the honeymoon, they are now in the honeymoon stage, but the tension build-up stage will soon begin. For some, the tension build-up stage 
will start almost immediately, like a day or two after, when there are triggers, when he gets angry again, um, where he starts to throw things around, kick the door, kick the dog, um, and start to make them making demands on her again. And, and, and then they start to go around the circle, going around the explosive or violent stage, going to remorse or pursuit. And for some people, when they open their mind, they realize it's 10 years, it's 20 years. I'm still running in the cycle. He still did not change. Um, he's still doing the same things and promising that he is going to stop. And he is not stopping. And these very important to understand that when we are in the honeymoon stage and we start to move to the build-up stage, that which other stage that can take me back to the honeymoon stage? Which are which stage is it? where it is very dangerous for me to be in, where I may be killed um, um, in the domestic violence at the hand of my partner, my intimate partner. It's important that people need to recognize this. Uh, which other stage that he is buying me? And why am I going back to the stage? Now, if you look at, at, at the honeymoon stage, it is, it is good and nice to be in the honeymoon stage. But we know that it's a cycle. If we start to go to the build-up stage, this is the stage where we need to iron out things. Talk about what is the problem and then move back into the honeymoon stage so that we don't go into the explosive or the uh, violent stage. The pursuit stage is a stage where he buys me back with things like things that he heard I wanted. I had clients. The one client, the husband bought the two new cars already. Uh, I had another client where he buys, he, he will give money for her to study this and study that. Buying a new clothes, a whole new wardrobe. Um, one of the things, all of our clients, all of the, our men can't always buy back with money, with monetary. But just by promising that I am sorry and I'm not going to do it again. And that is already a buyback for the client where she decides to stay. Uh, if you look at the honeymoon stage, which are, this is the stage where um, people keep on going and where they stay. That keeps them in the cycle is the honeymoon stage. Because with the honeymoon stage, that is where she experienced and where she, uh, this beautiful memories every time about him when he used to date her the first time and how he was decent to her and respectful to her and how he would spoil her and, and, and so on. And 
it is important that people seek counseling and that the counselor, the people who counsel them needs to discuss, have knowledge about this and discuss this with the couple and with the, with, with the victim uh, so that she can make an informed decision. If you look at, at, at an, a very interesting point is the pursuit stage. This is a stage where most of the femicide where women got killed at the hand of their partners took place. Where she has decided to leave him. Where she has decided she had enough. No matter what he's got or what he's promising, she no longer um, believes him. She no longer will go back. And the abuser knows his partner. He knows that when she has decided she's done, he knows that as well. And that is where he will come after and kill her and plan to kill her. And this is very important that the, that it should be discussed with the victim so that she can understand the importance of getting a protection order. Uh, even if uh, the, the client decides to divorce the husband, that the if she don't have a protection order yet, that she must first apply for a protection order before the divorce order is served. Because we know with the divorce order or a divorce pending, it brings more stress. The, the abuser may become more violent, more dangerous. It's also important that victims need to understand to see through the, to go through and to see it through the process of the, um, the, 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 the protection order. That they must know their rights and stand on their rights. That they must not, they must be educated and empowered as how to use the protection order. Not to cancel it under the pressure of the abuser. Abuser may come and say, you must cancel this order, otherwise I'm going to leave you. I don't want anything to do with a protection order. It is important that they must not do that. Um, important to make sure when they go to the police station, they know how to talk. They know how to address the issue of the protection order. I hope that this information uh, helps a lot so that people know their rights and know how to stand up. At the next next session, I will discuss um, the legal rights of the, of, 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 with regard to domestic violence, which is very, very important. Uh, we know um, prayer is the thing, the church, um, but if we don't have that, even the support, um, once, when I started to do this kind of work, I was opposed very much by the church. They said, I'm writing out protection orders and bringing problems into marriages, which is not true because the people already had problems when they went to court for a protection order. God spoke to me and said that if people cannot obey 
the biblical laws, then the earthly laws kicks in that they should obey. Never ever did Jesus Christ, our Savior, said or is in the Bible written that men should kick and fight and kill their wives. They have, they are supposed to protect and to love them according to the word and to look after the wives because we are the weaker one. It is important that we educate the victim that, um, that how to use the protection order, not to use it as a something to, to, to frighten or to the abuser but to use it for her protection and to work with the system and to, uh, but we know that the biblical system is very strong thank you very much for allowing me to discuss uh, the different stages the five stages of the cycle of violence
Good afternoon, good afternoon to my Vaughn listeners. This is your host, Lady G, coming to you this beautiful afternoon, this wonderful, wonderful day, the 24th of September, which is our Heritage Day. Um, I'm a bit under the weather. I'm sure maybe you can hear that my voice is not sounding good, but I said to myself, I'm going to come and just spend this day with you. Uh, so we are still continuing. It is a glorious, glorious day. So we really thank God that we've got the privilege of just uh, remembering our heritage. So I've got a beautiful lineup for us this uh, afternoon. Yesterday we had resumed the topic of gender-based violence because of what we are seeing on the rise. So Shemaine Morrison will continue She's going to come and then she's going to continue on what she has already started discussing with us about gender-based violence, continuing on that topic. So as we were learning about the cycle of abuse and how sometimes we need to understand that the the victim uh, has been programmed to believe in that life, you know. So she knows no other life apart from that life of being abused. And then after Shemaine has spoken to us, we are going to get a break. And then uh, Pastor Ruth is going to come with a word of encouragement for us for today as it is our Heritage Day. And then I've got a beautiful song by a young lady called Zinkita. She is a child of the Most High God, so she's got a single that is out, which is Holy Holy. So that is the track that I'm also going to be playing for us. So it's time for us to just sit back, enjoy, and relax as we are going to be enjoying what uh, Charmaine is going to be talking about, giving us more information on this topic and how we can assist. You know, sometimes you want to assist, but you do not know where to start. So you might end up causing more harm than good. So I know that some of us usually find ourselves in that position. So at least we must know. I remember uh, something similar happened um, in my neighborhood and I had found a friend of mine who is a social worker. When I asked him to come, he said, no, Kuku, I'm not going to come because remember, I'm a social worker and I'm bound by law legally. If I show up there, I have to phone the police. So find out from her, the victim now who was locked in her house, beaten by her husband, and what was surprising to me was these two were both policemen, police officers. The woman is a police officer, even the gentleman is. But so nobody is immune to this abuse. So don't think it won't happen to you. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but what I'm saying is sometimes you think it only happens to people who are not educated. So when you look at somebody, you'll never uh, associate them with that kind. Uh, of abuse or that kind of behavior but things will shock you so when i phoned her and i asked her must we phone the police she said no don't worry so anyway eventually i went to her and what i saw to me was shocking blood everywhere poses and all and i still said are you all right do you want to come to my house and all of that she said no don't worry he's coming back he's gonna bring me something to eat i just you know if i was ice cream i would have just you know melted or dissolved because 
I'm standing there and I just had to keep my mouth shut because maybe words that would have come out of me would have been words to judge her or to do whatever, you know, and tell her that I'm never coming to your aid again. But I just had to shut my mouth because for me it didn't make sense. But then I understood that the abuser will program the person for this kind of behavior. So she was also programmed. So sometimes we just need to know where we can refer to rather than to step in and try and assist. So Charmaine is going to continue and talk to us about it. Uh, and as we know, she is um, she is a, a social auxiliary by profession. She's been doing this work. I just hope that you guys can hear me clearly. As I said, I'm a bit under the weather. My voice is just killing me. Uh, but I am happy to be here. So we are going to give Shamane a chance to talk to us. Um, maybe we can just go to a break. And then when we come back, Shamane will resume the topic. So enjoy, sit back, and just enjoy this segment. <laughs> 